This is the Chillinoy Podcast. I think I'm having an overdose of the soul of my wife. But I don't know if it had something in it. Can you please send rescue? Just, I think we're dying. Overdose of what? Marijuana. Time is going by really, 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 really slow. Did you guys have? I, I don't know. We made brownies, and I think we're dead. All right, Cole. Welcome to the Chillinoy Podcast. Hey, guys. Uh, happy to be here. So we're going to jump right in. Um, so, Cole, tell us about your background. Uh, sure. Um, how far back do you want me to go on that? Just like my path to cannabis? or Yeah, if you could go yeah. into... Uh, you're an attorney, correct? I am. Yeah. My background, I guess, traditionally, formerly was in, in politics. Uh, I had worked in, in city politics as well as uh, worked on Obama's campaign in 2012. Uh, eventually decided that uh, I was going to go to law school, went to law school, got out, was looking for jobs and really didn't see anything that like popped out at me. You know, it was like personal injury, uh, malpractice, just things that like, you know, me personally, like those those aren't for me. Um, so I had always known about this program, uh, working for the state, uh, working on speaker staff down, uh, in Springfield. And, uh, it's a really, really cool program. Um, basically what you do is you help write laws, uh, you help, uh, uh, staff committees, and then you help negotiate amendments and then you help members when they're arguing on the floor. Um, it's a really, really exciting position and you just kind of walk through the legislative process uh, you know, from front to back. Um, and it was, it was just, you know, a really rewarding experience to be down there and be part of that. Uh, but while I was down there and I didn't staff a bill, but while I was down there, um, recreational cannabis passed, uh, and two of my colleagues, uh, worked on that bill. And so I got to hear them discuss it, uh, and got to talk to them about it and just found it really interesting. You know, cannabis is always something that I've, I've been interested in, particularly on the, the business side, uh, me and my brother, who's uh, a bar and restaurant owner in the city, um, have always talked about trying to uh, start some some kind of cannabis business establishment. And so um, when I got out of the legislature, I decided that I was going to uh, kind of poke around and see if I could uh, get into the industry. Uh, and lo and behold, um, I found a posting for marijuana application writers. Um, and uh, it was for uh, Justice Grown. And they were currently working on applying for licenses in Missouri. Um, and so I came aboard, uh, and that was my my first project with with Justice Grown, and uh, they decided to keep me. So here I am, uh, <laughs> just about a year later. Awesome. So have you yeah. have you ever used? Had you ever used cannabis before? Did you just oh, yeah. happen to find it interesting? <laughs> okay, gotcha. gotcha. Uh, no, no, no. I I had so it's funny actually. I I had used it like primarily in like high school and after high school. Um, and then, you know, I kind of stopped for like a really, really long time there. Uh, you know, it was like very occasional, maybe a couple times a year, um, at the most. And then, uh, I took this job and I was like, you know, maybe I should, uh, I should give it a try again. And so, uh, now I do smoke, I mostly high CBD, low THC stuff. Um, but you know, it's been really helpful with sleep and just anxiety and stuff like that as well. So it's been great. Yeah. So you got involved with Justice Grown, you said, um, doing like writing their applications for their licenses. Is that? Yeah. 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 So I help with that. I help write technical sections. Uh, you know, I also do kind of, uh, general legal work and, and, you know, after the licenses are won, there's a lot of stuff that we have to do like verifications, uh, any sort of, uh, deficiencies and helping, uh, uh, respond to those and that kind of stuff too. 
but yeah, tech, uh, typically my job uh, has been uh, to help uh, us apply for licenses in new states. Gotcha. How does, just curious, how does Illinois compare to other states when, when trying to get a license? Is, are, I guess what my question is, are they easier to work with as a state? Um, um, how does it compare? I wouldn't say they're any more difficult than anybody else. I, I mean, are you talking about on the back end? I mean, I think I was just um, curious, honestly. I was just curious. Yeah. I know that we have such, you know, such a small number of licenses, and I know that is yeah. by design. But I just was curious how those conversations go compared to other states, which have, you know, uh, uh, I guess a larger pool that you can grab right. from. You know, so. yeah, certainly. I would say certainly the the most competitive state that I've uh, uh, you know worked on applications for. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think every cannabis company in the country was, was here applying for licenses. Um, and it was funny, you would, you would like all these hotels were like filled up with people working in the cannabis industry and who were trying to kind of plant their flag and and apply for licenses. Um, so on the, the competitive, uh, aspect, I think Illinois was certainly, uh, the most competitive that I've applied in. Uh, but it's funny, you go across all these, these States and, uh, the regulations, uh, are pretty similar you know, from medical state to medical state, uh, even to some extent with the recreational states. Uh, so you kind of get a hang of it. And it's interesting to see the like minor differences between different states, different states emphasize different things. Uh, obviously, Illinois, uh, rightly so emphasize diversity, which I think is, is really cool and really exciting. Uh, but you know, like Missouri uh, kind of uh, gave you bonus points for locating your facility in uh, uh, areas that were, uh, kind of economically depressed, uh, by, uh, I think it was, a Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, numbers like per zip code. Um, so different States do different things. Uh, and that's certainly been, been kind of interesting to, to watch and see. Yeah. Like you say, it is interesting to see those standards too, across the States, for example, you know, you're starting to see standard, like standard serving size, of course, of edibles mm-hmm. is starting to become, you know, 10 milligrams, five milligrams around that ballpark. Right. It's good to start to see some, um, I don't know. It's good. I guess it, for a while, it seemed like maybe people didn't have a gauge on it, you know, and the Joe Rogan yeah. even had, had a bit for a while where he was like, you know, a, co- a pot gummy bear shouldn't be able to steal your soul, you know? <laughs> and, uh, he, he's like, you know, a unit of measurement shouldn't be a facial expression. Like you should be yeah. able to, um, you know, there should be standards, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. I think uh, uh, way back in the day, and this was long before I worked in the industry, and I might be wrong about the uh, columnist, but I think it was Maureen Dowd uh, who wrote an article on just that issue of like, you know, having no idea how much you take and having taken too much or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see that things are finally getting standardized, particularly for someone like me, who's kind of somewhat new to cannabis. You know, it's nice to, to know what I'm getting into. For sure. So just to return to Justice Grown, can you tell us about Justice Grown's mission and how it got started? Yeah, absolutely. So um, two of the partners of a law firm called Lovey and Lovey, uh, it's a civil rights law firm in the the city of Chicago. Uh, They do a lot of police brutality cases, um, you know, uh, kind of uh, um, other stuff related to uh, like wrongful death. Um, things like that. They've been involved in a lot of big cases in the state of Illinois and across the country. Um, And so they kind of uh, became uh, very invested in kind of uh, social justice and activism, which kind of comes to the territory when you're a civil rights attorney. Um, And uh, they got interested in applying for licenses in Illinois. Um, This was back when it was a medical program. 
in 2015. Um, and these are two absolutely uh, brilliant attorneys, fantastic guys. Um, they decided to apply um, and they did. And that was kind of just the, the birth of Justice Grown is, is them winning a, a cultivation license in, in Illinois. Um, and so uh, they established Justice Grown um, and we've been applying for licenses and, and winning ever since. Um, and we've just been, been growing at a, a rapid clip. And I can imagine with that, um, with like the social equity applicants and that kind of thing, um, is Justice Grown, like, are you, are you guys kind of vying more to work with those applicants or have you been kind of out, you know, not, not necessarily doing what like Cresco and some of the other dispensary or sorry, cultivators are doing, um, where they're trying to pick up these applicants and say, Hey, we'll help you out for the first couple of years. And then you give us a cut a little bit later down the line or is justice grown. Like, Nope, we're going to stick to our guns. We're going to stick to who we already have. Um, or what, where do they stand on that? Yeah, no, we've uh, got, and I, I don't think I could count, but it just in terms of dispensaries and craft grows and infusers are a separate entity in, in and of themselves. But we applied, I think, uh, don't quote me on this number, but uh, it was either 15 or 20 separate, uh, uh, or maybe it was closer to 10, but separate social equity applicant groups. Um, and I think one of the things that distinguishes us from uh, some of the other companies that, that helped a lot of these groups is that uh, not only did we uh, uh, use our IP to write their applications on their behalf, um, we also, we don't expect anything from them. Um, you know, we don't have any sort of backend contract or, uh, you know, shelf space agreement, none of that. I mean, this was purely us, uh, helping social equity applicants apply, uh, with the hope that we could, uh, help diversify the industry. Um, so I think that's something that, that really, uh, kind of distinguishes us. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's something that's important to the founders and, you know, important to uh, uh, the employees across the board. I mean, it's really part of the culture of Justice Grown, which is really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't expect anything less from a company called Justice Grown. I mean, right. than to, <laughs> to help out the, the social equity clients without asking for anything in return. Yeah. Um, so we, we do intend to follow up on your question, too. We do intend to help them as they uh, become operational. So to help them get through, you know, the verification process and then uh, help them with any advice that we can when they're trying to stand up their facilities. Uh, you know, fingers crossed. That's if, if any of them win. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll see. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I saw that Justice Grown holds adult use and medical cannabis licenses in multiple states, including Pennsylvania, Illinois, California, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Missouri, yeah. Utah. Um, are you guys operating in any of those states? Yes. So we operate in three. We operate in California, Illinois, and Pennsylvania. Um, in the remaining states, we are working on becoming operational um, and at a pretty pretty fast clip. So we are kind of in various stages of, of uh, construction um, across the country. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're currently only operational in California, Illinois, and Pennsylvania. Cool. Gotcha. What is the what does the Utah market even look like? I've not even. Sorry to put you on the spot on no. this. No. What you know? What I've never even done any research on it. So like, do they are they like anywhere close to opening dispensaries or? I think dispensaries um, are starting to open now. Yeah, um, we haven't opened ours. Um, they are a priority within the company. Um, I think it's going to have a really fantastic uh, medical market. Um, and they, they limited the number of licenses that were distributed. So I think each of them is going to be a pretty, pretty valuable license to hold. 
Um, and we're, we're very invested in the, the Utah market. I mean, if anything, we would like to apply for cultivation and, and processing in the future. That's really awesome. Um, so where could people find Justice Grown online so that they can kind of track your progress and see where you guys are at? Yeah, um, I think it's uh, justicegrown.com. Let me make, just make sure. Here. Yep, yep. justicegrown.com. Yep, that's that's awesome. So yeah, folks, if you want to you know, look online and check out their online presence, uh, justicegrown.com. Um, so Cole, you were talking about how you're helping social equity clients by, you know, you're helping them with the applications, you're doing it under your guys's IP and, you know, uh, fingers crossed that they get their licenses, uh, issued, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to help them, you know, going forward. Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about Justice Grown's efforts to foster an ethical equity-based company culture and how are you undoing the damage uh, done by cannabis prohibition? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's, it's, um, we as a company have uh, a lot of room to grow in all of those aspects as I think many cannabis companies do. Um, but we put a particular emphasis, uh, like I'll give an example in Maryland, uh, we applied for a license. They had kind of a similar, uh, social equity applicant program. Uh, and don't quote me on the numbers here cause I was actually not in the company yet, but so we applied for a license there. And I think you got additional points for being, uh, 60% owned, uh, by their definition of a social equity applicant. So we decided to bump that and went to 70. Uh, it's a really cool group of a bunch of MBE and WBE, uh, business owners. And, um, we're very excited to, to get that, uh, operational. It's a, it's a processing license in Maryland. Um, but typically, I mean, so when we when we go to a state, and we're not always successful at doing this. But when we go to a state, you know, our first um, our first the first thing that we try to do is find local partnerships. And when uh, we find those local partnerships, or when we're looking for those uh, local partnerships, we put a particular emphasis on finding groups uh, that are from uh, uh, you know uh, disproportionately impacted communities, being African Americans, Latinos, Native Americans. Um, so that is something that we always strive to do. Uh, we're certainly not always successful in, in making those partnerships, uh, but we, we very much try. Um, another example would be something we did in Missouri. So this, we applied on behalf of three separate groups, um, helped two kind of uh, allies in the industry apply for licenses there on top of our own company, in addition to our own company. Um, and one of the partnerships, and this is really a testament to, to my boss, Vince, who's just an incredible, uh, brilliant attorney and, and the nicest guy in the world, but uh, he created... Uh, kind of a partnership with uh, some of the executives from a uh, nonprofit workforce development organization. Um, and so the idea is that uh, they will be a pipeline uh, of jobs um, to these these cannabis facilities that they open in uh, in Missouri. And the hope is that our company could, you know, have uh, less of a formal partnership, but an informal partnership with them as well, because, you know, we kind of have the, the same mission in terms of wanting to provide jobs for folks who come from disproportionately impacted communities. That's awesome. Speaking of jobs, I was just looking on your website. If you go to justicegrown.com slash careers, guys, um, you can also, um, looks like, you know, you can just submit your resume to hr at jgrown.com. Um, if you're looking to join, you know, the company and we're always trying to figure out people are always looking how to get into the industry, you know, and yeah, it's an exciting industry, obviously. So we always try to pitch that when we bring people on if we can so and it sounds like you know you guys are really based in social equity so if we have any um, people that feel like they meet you know uh, some of that criteria um, definitely you know submit your resume and um, 
get, get your name out there, get into the industry. So yeah, it's all Love about applying, right, Cole? It <laughs> is. Yeah. <laughs> the application yeah. game, it never ends. Uh, so Cole, what are you most excited for in regard to the future of cannabis in the state of Illinois? You know, I think uh, uh, I am most excited uh, to see how the program works in terms of creating diversity in the industry. Um, I think they really uh, uh, created a really brilliant law uh, that I think is going to be successful. Um, And one of the most brilliant parts is I heard someone, I think it was actually Toy Hutchinson herself, talking about the program. Um, I think it was on like a Cook County Commission um, seminar on cannabis. Um, is kind of the, the way they're rolling it out slowly. So they issue a certain number of licenses, then there'll be a diversity study, they'll see if it had the impact that they wanted it to. And then if they need to, they can tweak the law and then issue more licenses, uh, which I think is, is something that a lot of other states uh, did not do. They created these social equity applicant programs, for lack of a better word, um, and uh, you know issued all or most of the licenses that they intended to be available um, and then if it didn't work, they really had no way to go back unless they decide to issue more licenses. Um, so um, I am very hopeful that that is, is going to be a successful model. Um, and hopefully other states can kind of, uh, uh, you know, take note of this program and, and hopefully, you know, create similar programs and build on this program in, in their own states. So I think that's going to be uh, really interesting. And then I'll, I'll give you one more. I think the other thing uh, just kind of broadly in the cannabis industry that I'm really interested in is like the, the craft growers, um, kind of the, the smaller operations that are going to have, you know, these, these different strains and different focuses, they're not going to be the big guys. Maybe it's a little more expensive, uh, but, uh, uh, they kind of have a story to tell about who they are, where they came from, how they got into cannabis. Um, I think that's going to be huge in the cannabis industry going forward. I mean, much like, like wine and beer kind of. Um, so I'm really interested to kind of see where that goes as well. Yeah, it makes sense that you're um, interested to see how, um, you know, the Illinois, Illinois social equity provisions, I guess, play out because, you know, like you say, in the other states, they may have had something, but Illinois seems to be doing a good job, at least for now, at keeping it very controlled. And in my aspect, or from my perspective, I guess, uh, it's shaping up to, we'll see how it goes, you know, plays out. That's what everybody keeps saying. Um, but it's shaping out to maybe have people start at the same starting point, which I think is key. You know, yeah. some of these other industries, big names quickly got involved. And, um, you know, it's just kind of off to the races. And I don't know if I already said this, but it's like Pandora's box, you know, like it, like you said, once it kind of took mm-hmm. off, it's hard to scale it back and be like, OK, let's make this equitable. So doing it, you know, kind of slow and methodical, um, as frustrating as people might find it. And by that, I mean, you know, people right now um, kind of conflate the two issues and are frustrated with high prices. And they think that licenses just just, you know, award the licenses that'll fix it all. And to a certain extent, yes, you'll see the problems that you're complaining about. You'll see prices drop for sure. But are you seeing uh, a positive reward out of that. And there's multiple ways you can see a positive reward. Um, the biggest one what we're talking about is social equity. So the kind yeah. of you know, the, the communities getting back. Um, but the other thing about it is that, you know, if you go with a smaller person, a craft grower, or just, you know, a person that's trying to start their own business, oftentimes I find they care more yeah. um, than people that are just throwing money as a pump and dump investment. And so I see, uh, I see this as 
you know, the I guess the harvest would be bountiful if it all plays out the way that it's supposed to, you know? Yeah, you know, and I think consumers will be able to kind of have a say in, in what they want to see, um, you know, and they can uh, go to the big guys if they want, the existing dispensaries. I mean, there's a bunch of fantastic ones out there. I mean, everyone that I've been to has been absolutely wonderful, uh, but they'll have, they'll have more choice. I mean, you'll be able to go uh, to you know, a a dispensary that's owned by social equity applicants, which is fantastic. Um, So people kind of be able to to vote with their their feet and their dollars. Absolutely. And won't it be cool to see that craft growing scene to really come around like craft brewing has? I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy to see how how that has taken off and how that's it's really normalized. I mean, people in my office, um, I don't work in the cannabis industry. People in my office just talk about brewing and beer like I would happily talk about strains and you know and just yeah. cannabis in general, but it's frowned upon still. So there, even though it's legalized, if there's a stigma, there's a very real stigma in some industries, and um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah. I think that's. Though. I mean, luckily, yeah, I think that's that's finally starting to change. Uh, my office is Absolutely. obviously very different from that, but um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's it's uh, it's coming along. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is coming along. I mean, just to, to you know, not that you asked or anybody really cares, but one of the things that has started to happen in the culture that I work in is people are starting to make jokes. You know, they're like, oh, this weekend I might take a magical, you know, a, a happy yeah. brownie or whatever. And, you, you know, that's like the slow transition to be because people do that. You know, that's a com that's commonplace in American work culture. Well, it's five o'clock somewhere, you know. Right. You know, so it's kind of interesting to see that come around where back in the day you would hold your lips. And I'm actually like I say, I'm accustomed to holding my lips, you know, but now people are starting to become more open about what, you know, we all actually do. So. Right. Right. Well, that's a good thing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us on the Chillinoy podcast today, Cole. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was it was a pleasure for me as well. We'd love to have you back on in the future to talk about uh, Justice Grown's efforts and uh, whatever else you may be doing in the cannabis industry. Yeah, anytime, guys. 